Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. Your man, Ike Jones, we are here this morning. It is Monday, February the 6th, and we're talking about recruiters in the SEC. Is Q Freeze already one of the top three in the conference? Let's talk about it this morning right here on the Morning Drop. Y'all know how we do it. Drop it on them. Morning drop Monday morning, your man Ike Jones in the place to be war eagle to everybody out there. Hopefully you guys are having a good start to your week. And I mean, what better way to start your week than to come in and talk to the guys at the war report, right? Your man Ike Jones here. I think B-Will is going to be joining me in a little bit. But at any rate, today we're talking about recruiters in the SEC. Hugh Freeze done a really great job in a very short amount of time. So can we put him in the top three in the conference already? Um, But let's talk about it. Recruiters in the SEC. I got my guy B-Will jumping in here. And uh, we're just going to get into this conversation, man. How you feeling this morning, B? Doing all right. Doing all right. I'm now well fed. So uh, let's get to it, man. Let's talk about this crew. So I think it's I think we know who the top two are, right? Like it's it's not even a debate who the top two recruiting head coaches are, right? Like there are some assistant coaches that are amazing recruiters out there that we can rattle off names of, right? So we're not talking about assistant coach recruiters. We're talking about guys who put the recruiting program together for their school, right? right? Is Hugh Freeze number three on that list in the SEC? What say you be well to that question? Well, you said we know who the top two are. And mm-hmm. if I was rounding out my top five, I thought you meant that the, they were all Dylon, but I guess you're talking about uh, football coaches and not mm-hmm. rappers. So yeah. um, I didn't think Hugh Freeze was in the top five rappers. So I'm glad, I'm glad that's not the conversation. Okay. Yeah. Whether or not Hugh Freeze is in the top five, you, it's, it's really hard for me to have this convo without trying to break down what recruiting is. Okay. Because some of what people will view as recruiting is you are a good on-the-field coach, so I want to come be a part of your program. Okay. That's some fair. of what recruiting is would be 
man, you really know how to relate to me. And you're selling me on what you have going at your program, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. A good recruiter can bring a, a good prospect to a bad program because he told them everything he needs to hear about the program turning around. Shane Beamer does back. it all the time. Yeah, Sorry, hey. South Carolina fans. He does. He's, <laughs> he's becoming better <laughs> and better at that. And And then you've got the guys who I think recruiting is a matter of, well, Shane Beamer does have some, it's energy. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that Cadillac has some of that energy. Being able to relate in energy, they kind of feel one and the same, but they aren't necessarily one and the same. Mm-hmm. So there are all these different facets, and, and of course, a big chunk of it, you know, you hear me parrot this all the time whenever we have long conversations about it. A lot of it is how much resources does your program specifically put into your pocket as a coach so you mm-hmm. can go recruit, which means transportation, which means uh, printing up whatever it, that looks like, hiring more staff so that you can have all these analysts that can say, hey, yo, you got to go look at this kid. Well, there are some coaches whose programs, you, they would have never seen that kid because they got one-tenth of the analysts that bigger programs do to even find these kids. So right. recruiting is definitely about money. And in that sense, it's very hard for me to give anybody the credit as a better recruiter when they have the advantage of the bigger, more well-funded program, because now we're not even on a level playing field anymore. How can Missouri out-recruit Georgia with the resources that Georgia has at its disposal? And traditionally, Missouri has had next to nothing. with Or a Vanderbilt, or a uh, Mississippi State. There are hard caps on certain programs because of what they have to work with. Now, all that being said, the coach can definitely come in and take jobs that are are good recruiting jobs like a Georgia and and people remark this when the difference between Mark Rick and Kirby Smart Mm -hmm. Mark Rick was getting NFL players into his program which is why they cut ties with them after a bunch of nine ten win seasons it's like listen man you're not just getting some good players you're getting great players and you can't win us the conference you got to go all right bring in Kirby Smart and then he ratchets that up to 10 and now they're getting great players even more great players winning the conference, winning national championships. And that's the difference between a good recruiter and a great recruiter. Or I, I don't know if Mark Rick was a good recruiter or if the machine was just working for him. So in that case, it's very clear to see, hey, you took something that was going good, Kirby, and you made it great. I can give Kirby great recruiter. His okay. energy, the energy from Kirby. I mean, you see that energy, how he talks to his players in the locker room, man. He's he's not just selling them a story and telling them to come here and, and participate and fall in line. He is selling his intensity. And that's part that's that's part of his package, along with everything that Georgia brings. I can give Kirby great recruit. I'm with you. Nick Saban, I suppose so. I've never, I mean, I've heard his pitch. You know, I remember the recruit that that leaked the video of Nick Saban talking to him over the, the web call. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban didn't say anything really. It was just like, hey, we already got to go and come here. That was the entire the entire pitch to that specific kid was, hey, you know how good we are at this. Right. So come on down. I don't know if that's good recruiting. That's good coaching. You've been a good coach, and that's part of the formula, like I've said, but I wouldn't necessarily call that good recruiting. But for the sake of this argument, I will give Nick that. Sure. Sure. All right. Is Hugh Freeze number three? Breaking down what I just broke down, I might give Hugh Freeze number two, Mm. but he just doesn't have the machine going. He doesn't have the on field product to match what Nick Saban has as far as the on-field product. Because if the on-field product is doing the recruiting for you, are you recruiting? 
or is your coaching recruiting? Now, that makes you a great coach. If I put you ground zero in a program that has won nothing in the last 10 years, could you do what you're doing now? To me, that's a great recruiter. That's, that's what Nick Saban did. Great, well, Alabama? Yeah, but Alabama always had the bona fides as the in-state institution. The machine was always ready and, and ready to go. The car was warmed up at Alabama. The person that was driving it before Saban had no idea what he was doing. He was driving drunk, metaphorically. And they were like, no, we got to kick this guy out of the car. Pull him over. We need somebody else to drive the ship. I mean, if we put everybody at Toledo and said, ground zero, go, how would you do? I don't know. I think as far as personalities, Hugh Freeze might be, he might be top two recruiter in the conference. But he does not have the on-field product to do the speaking for him. That's the biggest difference between him and everybody else right now. I saw him get a couple of, a few NFL players while he was at Ole Miss, and that's Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Broke and ugly. Mm. And he got NFL talent there yeah. and brought it all through there. And now everybody will remark that they were ill-gotten. Okay. People will use that as a reason to say that Hugh Freeze is, he is not a good guy or that his transgressions of when it comes to coaching speak ill of his character. And I disagree with that, just like I disagree with, with that for anybody who has cheated to get quality talent in their program. We all understand that the, the fates of a football program rest on the talent that you can get in. If I am trying to get in the best talent that I possibly can, I am trying to win. If I am trying to get in the best talent into my program that I possibly can, I am trying to win. Now, if the, is that a by any means necessary? Yes. Any <laughs> means necessary. I need quality talent to win. I need more than the guy next to me. I am trying to win. Hugh Freeze made that To decision. be clear, to be clear, knowing B-Will as long as I've known him, this is not a new stance of his. He's like, no, we're going to do what we got to do, bro. I don't care. Bend a rule, break a rule. We're going to make it happen. Because there's, it's not a level playing field. I can't compete. When, I, when the advantage is, hey, we've got six national championships, I'm not going to go, you know what, kid, I'm not going to offer you anything because, you know, that'll be breaking the rules. No! Give what, whatever you got to do to get these kids in the program so you can win because it's not a fair game. As, as Jimbo alluded to early last offseason or the middle of last offseason, plenty of advantages are had behind the scenes. Those coaches know what those are. You've got to compete to get those guys in. NIL now makes things more even for those who have money. There were programs who had money who didn't have the coaching, who didn't have the energy, who now have a chance to compete. I think it makes certain teams more competitive. I don't think it hurts the top-tier program. NIL does not hurt the top-tier programs because they're rolling along so well. Their revenue is so high. Their alum, uh, their fan base is so energized that that NIL money will come rolling in. But there are fan bases who who knew that, man, we don't really have the success, the NFL draft uh, translation to get these kids excited. But we got NIL money. Hugh Freeze, who was a by-any-means-necessary coach with NIL money, with a, a, a fan base and an alum base at Auburn who makes lots of money after they get their, their, graduate, their uh, undergrad and graduate degrees, dangerous combination. I think what he's done in, what, a month? speaks to what can happen in the future as these two things marry together. All we need is this much on-field success to make it look like it's going the right direction. And it's going to be bananas, straight bananas. I don't know if you ever catch up to a 
a back-to-back championship and legacy and energy, what, what Kirby has built, that success will do some recruiting for you. And that's earned. And don't, I'm not trying to take that away from Kirby or Nick Saban. Those things are earned. Hugh Freeze does not have that. And that's something that will be working against him until he gets it. In the meantime, I like number three for Hugh Freeze because I haven't seen anybody else recruit this well in this short a time span. We're talking months, weeks, but really before he closed most of the talent. Weeks. I, I if you've if you've seen somebody else turn that around that quick, let me know. Yeah. So all right. So you 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 say top three for sure, maybe even top two right. for for Hugh Freeze. Okay. That I, I don't I don't disagree. I think how how I put the conversation whenever I think about it is if if I swapped the two coaches out, would they still be as successful? So to your point of Missouri, right? Could Kirby Smart have gone to Missouri and turned Missouri into a top recruiting place? I right. think the answer to that is yes. Uh, he's not gonna. It's not gonna be at the level of Georgia, but I think he would have done better than what is happening right now. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and that's so, and so. That's my point. Is that now? If let's take it the other way, and I mm-hmm. first, uh, if you if you put Elijah Drinkwitz at Georgia, does Georgia become a recruiting powerhouse, perennial national champion? I don't think the answer to that question yes, is yes. I agree with you. I agree with so, you. So, so if, if I do the swap game with every coach in the conference and say you give this guy his resources, you give this guy blah blah blah, do you get the same results? And I come up with the answer of yes with Hugh Freeze in literally every single one of those things. If you put Hugh Freeze at Georgia, would he be successful as Kirby in a couple of? Because it's not like Kirby turned it around in one year, right? Right? Could he build to the place of Kirby Smart? I think the answer to that is yeah, right. If you right. put Hugh Freeze at Bama, could he be what Bama is over a parent? I don't say that. This is where you and I disagree. I don't know that you can su- sustain the success that Nick Saban has had. And not look at him and say, he knows how to build a successful record. Like year after year, it's it's one thing to do it like one or two years. For over a decade, it's okay. Yeah, Nick, you you the guy. Now, do I think that right now, today, Kirby Smart is probably the best? Yes. But you can't, I don't think you can supplant Nick Saban right now, considering after uh, over a decade of success, he still went out there and got the number one recruiting class. Well, George, I think, past him just recently but still he's still top two in the recruiting classes in the conference decade doing the same thing so he's still going to be up there at the top the other interesting one to me and the only other person that i think even begins to enter this conversation as much as i love shane beamer i think he probably would be in my top five in the conference is just Mm -hmm. the ability to recruit as a Mm -hmm. um head coach Mm -hmm. brian kelly is the only other person that needs to enter this conversation and i and i'm saying that knowing what texas a&m did last year and but then I have to juxtapose that with what they did the year after that, right? right? And then their ability to retain that talent, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know if Jimbo is is that guy to, that I can put him in my top five. I put Shane mm-hmm. Beamer in my top five before I did Jimbo in the conference. That's okay. So you just brought up something really interesting. You said their ability to retain that talent, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think will help separate the NIL recruiters from the yep. good recruiters. Yep. Is uh, listen, man. There are so many opportunities. Um, well, there excuse me, there are very few opportunities for these kids to get paid before they actually get in the NFL. Now that those opportunities are there, these kids want that money, man. These families want that money. And in a lot of cases, they need that money. 
So that money's going to talk. You getting that number one class, and we said it as soon as he signed it, and every day after, we'll, we will see. We'll see. We, yeah. we will see. Jimbo Fisher is not the personality. He's not the, the he's not the endearing uh, homeboy. Talk to your mama like she's family. He's not the energetic get up and go make you run through a wall. He doesn't have those qualities that a, that a Kirby Smart has, that a a Hugh Freeze has, and and even though it may not work with some people, Nick Saban has like, hey, you already know what I'm gonna do. It yeah. is a quiet he, Nick, confidence. Nick, Nick Saban got that like old money. Uh, sugar daddy swagger. It's like, he does because hey, he knows he's got it. Hey, baby girl, you already know what, what's happening over here. You know, like why? Why we? Why we playing around? Like, oh, okay, you need, you need, you need something. You need something. You good? <laughs> I'm pulling no, three no, retirement checks, baby. Don't, Come on, now. don't don't worry about it. Go go get go get your nails done, baby. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's that's that Nick's day. He he got he got the daddy Nick swag. I ain't, I can't I can't front on Nick Saban. He got that swag, bro. He does. Um, he, he does have a sugar daddy but, swag. But but Jimbo has that. Um, Jimbo has that new money, like he got, he got like Steve Jobs swag, right? Where it's like, I just made a bunch of money. I don't actually know what to do with this money. So I'm gonna walk around looking stupid with it, but I'm gonna spend it like crazy. And I'm gonna let you know I have it. But like, he's in the club buying bottles, trying to keep up with people. He's like, oh, 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 right. wait a minute. What, what? They got a bottle in there. Say, oh, I, I want a bottle. Let me, let me get a bottle. And you know, dude, he's okay, got two bottles. Let me, let, me, let, me get, let me get, let me get, uh, let me get two bottles. Then let me get two bottles. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he got, he got, he got two bottles. I want three. Let me get, let me get three bottles because I got to show everybody I got money. The, hey, Nick, uh, Jimbo Fisher got scammer energy to me. Yeah, he like he's trying. He, he's going to convince you of this idea. Fast. He's like, too, hey man, um, so 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 you saying so you saying you saying these three dollars? It's a hundred dollars. How about I get you? Uh, if I get two fifty, if I get two fifty, can I still get the three bottles? But then you know maybe I will buy a little one later, and um, then you know that'll make that'll make four, right? But then I, you know, what I'm saying we'll we'll level it out next time. I get I get I get you back the next time I come around uh to the club. I go I get you another bottle. Uh, I get you back. I, you know, you know, you know, I'm good for it, right? You know, I'm good for it, man. Just go go slide me an extra little bottle. You know, what I'm saying, and you know, I I tip I tip I tip. I tip you real good. <laughs> you know what? So the, he, he's that dude, but he actually came up on a bunch of money with the Texas A&M job. Yeah. So he can sell. He, I mean, he couldn't really sell, but it's like when you got that much behind you, it's like, oh, well, you know, a couple people going to listen. People will listen to, to that pitch. They'll listen to that take. However, it doesn't take long for the paint to wear off. You're like, wait a minute. You, you just what you are. Yeah. You just got all, you just stand it on in front of a big pile of money, but you're still the same overwhelmed overrated coach so jimbo is not a great recruiter and again i've outlined jimbo's history very well at florida state it was the bowden effect and his culture that he was able to step into and inherit but that culture was already pre-built it was already recruited and that was bobby bowden's mystique who did have the swagger who did have the confidence who did have the ability to connect with people he built that roster jimbo utilized and won him a championship so what we see is those people that are are personable, that are affable. Like when we talked about how Brian Harson was not that, and how much that so, hurt us, right? This is why I'm so high on Coach Hugh Freeze as a recruiter, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you polled the Auburn fan base and you asked them last season before Hugh Freeze got here, who were the top two recruiters for Auburn? Who who would be your answer, B. Will? Top two recruiters for Auburn last year. 
Um, it had to be Caddy and Zach Etheridge. Caddy and Zach Etheridge, mm-hmm. both on the staff mm-hmm. with Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. But the energy from recruits changed when you changed the head guy. Right. So we I and I give tons of props to Caddy and Zach Etheridge for the work that they've put in. Mm-hmm. I am not taking anything away from them. But the recruiting energy changed when you changed who the head coach was. So that lets me know Hugh Freeze knows what he's doing when it comes to recruiting right. because you get the different results. You can't sell me on, ah, man, I mean, we had Zach and um, Caddy before. We would have finished around this. No, we wouldn't have. We no, would not we have. have. We wouldn't have flipped the guys that we flipped. We wouldn't have brought in the portal guys that we did. Hugh Freeze helped galvanize the he encapsulated the energy that they had, and he turned that into fuel as opposed to just being like, well, we got this vat of energy. It's like, what you going to do with it, though? Right. Like, And so Hugh Freeze, I think, was a catalyst for a lot of that reaction that happened after that. So that's why he gets a lot of props from me, not because Zach and um, Caddy weren't amazing and still aren't amazing. Right. Like they are. Right. And they were always going to be amazing. They were working, unfortunately, with one arm tied behind their back. Though. Yeah. When it's a priority to the head coach, it, it trickles down. Just like, I mean, with jobs, CEOs, man. If they say, hey, I really want, I want revenue. I want revenue. I want revenue. And another CEO like, listen, we need to stabilize our product. So we're going to have the best product no matter what. CEO A says, sell, sell, sell. It doesn't matter if this stuff is going to fall apart as soon as it gets right. to them. Sell it. CEO B, no, we need to have a product that's going to last 20 years in their hands. And every time they think of us, they think of the best possible product. Those are two vastly different approaches. Now, of course, you still have to sell the top tier product. And of course, the mediocre product that you want revenue from still has to work. But what are you emphasizing? And that emphasis comes from the top and it goes all the way down to the bottom. Hugh Freeze emphasizes recruiting in a way that Brian Harson never did in, the, in a way that Gus Malzahn could not because I don't think he's the personality. That Hugh Freeze is, so I, I'm I'm big on Hugh Freeze recruiting. I think we've seen it already. Uh, we've heard recruits remark about what it's like to meet Hugh Freeze, and it's, it's not what the the remarks were when people met Brian Harson. Right. Save for like you know one or two guys who specifically had a good connection to Harson, but you can tell that the energy is different, and we owe that that to Freeze because he's the biggest change. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. Now here's the rest of your Morning Drop. We got a lot of comments coming in. We appreciate you guys rocking with us this morning. We're going to get started off here talking with Kyle Sweat, who says, good morning. We just had a great week for Auburn, two months on the job, and I'm feeling nothing but up, up. Love the direction of everything. Definitely happy that the fan base is feeling the energy as well. Lawrence Robinson jumps in and says, Pete Carroll got his players by cheating as well, and he's doing fine. Nobody had, you know what? He got out the door just in time. Yeah. <laughs> got them championships and bolted. I, I feel it, Pete. I feel it. Yeah. Um, Kyle Sweat jumps back in and says, if people think Hugh was the only coach using under the t- table bags to build a winning team, they got to be a fool. I've said this many times. Like, yeah. like y'all, y'all gonna have to stop bringing that up to me about he, anybody. Yeah. He, he's just the one. He just got caught. Yeah. He, was, he was sloppy enough to get caught. That, that, is, that is it. I know fans want to think so highly of, of certain their program or 
their coach. Oh, oh, how dare you? It's like, man, come on, bro. Please, come let's, on. Now. Let's be. Like I said, I, I, made, I made fun of Tennessee. It was funny. It was funny. It's funny because they were that sloppy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't mean that I don't realize that everybody was doing similar things just in different ways. I, we, I've heard, I talked to, I know personally too many collegiate athletes for y'all to tell me any different. Right. I know I know too many of them from a lot of different schools. Mm-hmm. I personally know too many. Not stories I heard from somebody. I'm talking about people who I've spoken with myself. You can't tell me. I I just I'm just not buying the idea that this program is so clean. I don't care who from your program gets on Social media on an interview being like, no, nah, it wasn't never like, yes, it was. You just <laughs> didn't get no under the table bag. But trust me, your program was doing it. Yeah. Calm down. Steve Bradley jumps in. Appreciate you jumping in here. He said, money talks. It does. He said, I mentioned money because that's what got Kirby and Saban to where they are today in recruiting. It helped them build to where they are today, in my opinion. There is no big, successful collegiate program that exists that was not built on the backs of millionaires funneling money into that program. It's just not a thing. That's why when we talk about building a recruiting program, it's a lot about how you fundraise. It's about how you can ingratiate yourself to people with money. Um, And I think that that's a separate conversation um, from who's a better on the field coach. There's much better on the field coaches than Kirby Smart or Nick Saban. Like I just, like I, that's, I don't, if anybody debates that, then I don't know what you're using to debate whether or not they're a better on the field. I think Kirby Smart's one of the better defensive minds right. in college football. Right. Right. But I don't know that he's the best head coach ever as far as like making sure. But he does what he needs to do to build his program properly. He is a great program builder. Nick Saban, great program builder. I'm not debating that with anybody. Like it's the, the proof is there. They know how to get the players in the program. They know how to motivate them to play. They know how to uh, develop competition so that you're getting you're weeding out the players that aren't the best of the best, and they're trotting out the best of the best every single season. Not debatable. Are they better coaches? That to me is debatable. Right. Because again, I want if you could if you can figure out how to get guys who aren't the top players playing like the top players or scheming those guys up. That's why I think Dan Mullen, as much as he's a not people hate his recruiting job. I think Dan Mullen's an, a fantastic offensive coach because he figures right. out how to get points and generate points with players that might not be the best. Right. right. Kyle Trask ain't seen a, a, a an NFL football field, but he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country that year. He was under Dan Mullen. Yeah, that's true. Kyle Sweat jumps back in and says, I feel so fortunate that we didn't uh, didn't get the coach we wanted, but we for sure got the coach we needed. If the coach you wanted was Lane Kiffin, then yes, I do feel fortunate yes. that we did not get him. I'm very thankful. Because of Rama. <laughs> Lane Kiffin is like that dude who has no money, but he's going to the bank trying to sell them on the idea of why his business will succeed. And all he's got is a bunch of analytics. He's like, well, uh, if you see here, you know, the growth curve trajectory for quarterbacks in Q3 last year was potentially, uh, you know, higher than normal. And I've got a quarterback on my team who I think fits the mold of the, and you just sitting across the table like, okay, you still ain't getting no money. Right. But Lane has a little cachet working for him. It's, it's how he's gotten to this point. Yeah, listen, man, Lane's a good coach, man. I'm making fun of him. He's a good coach. I don't think Lane's – he's he's an X and O's guy. He just doesn't know the value of defense. 
So, yeah. Damian Smith says Jimbo's big Ponzi scheme, mad off vibes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> for real. Eric Moss jumps in, says, Ike, can we get a copy of Walker White's list? Let's keep up with those recruits and see how many we land. This is a good idea. We go in mm-hmm. and see how many. I've seen him already tweeting at people on uh, uh, Twitter about like, hey, you need to come to Auburn when they, uh, some guy made his like top 12 or top 10 or something like that announcement. Auburn was on it. He was like, yep, Auburn. So I'm like, hey, he's out here working. He's like, look, man, I want I want all the good players to come here with me. So I ain't mad at it. I um, it's I don't have it on this brand, but it's okay. We're still going to do it because he put it in here. My guy Jazzy Joe jumps in with a Jazzy challenge, location challenge. Where am I for one hundred? Think outside the box. Outside right. the box. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go off your hint here. Go outside mm-hmm. the box. I would think outside of the continental U.S., but that's not possible in a truck. But you didn't say that you were in the truck. You just say where am I? Yeah. Hmm. France. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um we oui, we. Oui. Uh let's see here. I am going to say that Jazzy he's always in Arizona, so I'm not going to call it, say Arizona again. I'm going I'm going to stay in the continental United States. Oh no, I could go to Canada. Canada. Jazzy's in Canada. He's in the truck. Okay, so wait, wait. I take my back. I take my back. I take my back. He's in the truck. How I know that truck isn't just on a freighter in the middle of the Pacific. See, Jazzy, you ain't slick. You ain't slick. Uh, I'm I'm sticking with Canada. I'm gonna say he's in Canada, man. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Canada too. No, you can't say Canada too, man. I say something else. Say Mexico or something, bro. It ain't. All right, all right, Mexico. <laughs> still, still landlocked, but not not in the continental U.S. We'll see which if if that was right. Um, if that outside the box threw us all the way off, then it's your fault, Jazzy. All right. Um, let's see if we got any more chats here while we wait to see if we got this right. I saw Jazzy. a few people asking about, and they mentioned it. But this is just the last one. Derek Anderson asking how we feel yeah, about. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk. Okay, about we will get to it later. All right, cool. Boom. <laughs> hey, Jazzy. Yeah, I know what's going. Is it still that that whole Arctic blast happening up there right now? Oh, I don't know. I know uh, uh, that's you know what he did post that picture of it being real cold in his truck. But see, that was like two days ago, so it, it could that he could be anywhere by now. But okay, Canada. Yeah, that's right, baby. Mm, got it. All right, man. Well, we are about to get out of here. We will talk Kevin Steele tomorrow, man. Uh, a lot of people want to talk about that. I didn't know. I didn't know how much Auburn fans really wanted to have that conversation since it wasn't Auburn related. It was Bama related. But I see a lot of people in the chat talking about it. So tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about Kevin Steele being rumored to be the next defensive coordinator to Bama. So we'll get on that tomorrow. All right, we're going to get out of here. We love you guys. We appreciate you dropping in with us this morning. We're out of here. Until next time, as always, War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Drop.